Great to be with the, uh, the Lighthouse Church, formerly known as Prince, the East Region. But uh, it is fantastic to be with all of you this morning. I so appreciate uh, the Petersons, the Meads, uh, the Amayas, the Garcias uh, for our partnership in the gospel for many, many years. Uh, Son and I really admire uh, Pedro and Laura for their years of sacrifice and the ways that uh, they have continued to strengthen the kingdom really all over the world. Uh, so, Lighthouse, you are very lucky to have the leadership you have here uh, in the church. Amen. I'm thankful for uh, the Asian Jubilee. I feel average height today. This is really good. I didn't know we had so many Filipinos in the church. This is incredible. This is awesome. And uh, I really appreciate the church and how you are all celebrating uh, really the diversity. It's not just about being Asian, but you're really celebrating the diversity that God has assembled. Because this is God's church. This is not our church. Uh, we are all children of God. We're either inheriting what he promises or we're not inheriting. And all of us can decide whether we want to be uh, part of his inheritance or not. But this is God assembling all the, the pieces together and helping us to be what we need to be. And I don't know if you realize, but not Asia, not all Asians are all alike. Do you notice that? Chinese is very different from Japanese. As is different from Vietnamese, as is different from Korean, as is different from Burmese. Uh, we, we may all like rice, but that is probably the one and only thing that we have in common. I'd like to just share uh, briefly a little bit about myself, just to, so we can get to know each other a little bit. But uh, I was born Filipino. I've always been Filipino. And I'm still Filipino. And when it comes to religiosity, uh, I grew up in the Catholic faith. Uh, that's how most Filipino families are. They grew up in the Catholic faith. I was not a very good Catholic, uh, which means I didn't read the Bible ever. And I went to church twice a year, Easter and Christmas. And uh, I was Catholic more so by tradition, more so by heritage, really not of the heart. I was just not a good follower of God whatsoever. I didn't have any uh, type of uh, real faith uh, that was, my faith was based on. And, um, you know, consequently, I just did whatever I wanted to do uh, growing up. Uh, what turned my life was in college when my ex-girlfriend had an abortion. And that, that was really the, the turning point for my life. It was a wake-up call for me, uh, realizing that I'm ruining uh, other people's lives. I'm ruining my life. And I remember uh, there as a college student working hard, trying to study to become a doctor, uh, having a social life, being in a fraternity and so forth. And and again, that was the turning point for me. And that's when I started reading the Bible on my own. My, my mom and dad had a children's Bible uh, that I picked up. It wasn't even the real Bible. It was more of an animated Bible, Lion King with pictures. And, and so here I am as a college student looking at an animated picture Bible because I knew nothing about the scriptures. And my boss at the time, she was an RA. Uh, I was working as an RA in the dormitories, and my boss was a, a Christian. She was a disciple. And I shared with her what I was going through because I remember uh, that event uh, of the abortion. I felt incredible regret. I, I felt incredible guilt. I didn't know 
what it was called. I didn't call it sin. Being a non-Christian, you don't you don't use religious terms. But I, I remember feeling guilty, full of regret, and wish that the uh, the hands on the clock could be turned back. And uh, I remember sharing these stories with uh, my boss, and she introduced me to a couple campus ministers who started studying the Bible with me. And it was great at first. It was really good at first. I was really learning a lot. And then it got more challenging because I realized that, wow, I've got a lot to change in my life. I've got a lot to change. I've got to, I've got to shift my religious perspective and foundation of what I knew. And I had to now shift my loyalties to what the Word of God was saying. That was really, really challenging. And it took me about six months for me to finally decide that I want to follow Jesus. I want to do it. The way the Bible says it. And so I, 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 I broke up with my girlfriend. Uh, I stood uh, up against my, the peer pressures, whether it be from my fraternity. Uh, even from my mom and dad, I didn't uh, 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 receive a lot of opposition. They, they were cautioning me. Uh, but it's great. My mom and dad are here today. They're disciples of over 20 years. It's been awesome. Really, thank, thank them. Thank you for giving birth to me. <laughs> Amen. Let's just, I'll go home and have lunch. And uh... <laughs> but it took me that that long. And I, I don't know. I know many of us here are are disciples of Jesus Christ. We may have some friends with us today too. I, I'm I'm happy you're here. I'm happy. Uh, you're here to hear the word of God. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but if you've never studied the scriptures with the intent of applying it to your life, I encourage you to do that. If you look at the scriptures with that kind of lens, God will radically change your life. God only works when you're willing to work with him. And I, I, I want to encourage you to look into it because I realized in studying the Bible, I wasn't saved. I wasn't right with God. My sins were not forgiven and I needed to be saved. And perhaps you need to be saved as well. You've got to look at the scriptures that God lays out for us. Today's lesson is simply called Together We Stand. Hopefully you received a handout uh, as you were coming in because those are the notes that we're going to be using. We'll look at at some different uh, Bible translations as well. But Together We Stand. I want to talk about how... We need each other. How important it is to have friends in our life that are going to help us be what we need to be. And be it TV or movies, uh, we realize that uh, some pairs or groups create more magic together than they are apart. Sometimes a whole person's career is made up of the group that they're surrounding with. For example, you guys know these guys? The older people in this congregation know who these people are. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. We've never seen a a sequel part two, Butch Cassidy. No, they always go together. They're better together than they are apart. Who's this? Batman and Robin. You don't see Robin doing a spinoff of his own show. They're better together than they are apart. Who's this? SpongeBob, Patrick. What's his name? Squidward? 
And Sally? Sandy. See, alone? I don't even know her name. Or even together. But yeah, I mean, you just can't imagine them being broken up. Because they're better together than they are apart. You know, and that was a long, a long-standing uh, comedy. And uh, each of them have tried to go on their own. They're just not as good. They're better together than they are apart. <laughs> It'd be horrible if Simon had his own show. They're better together than they are apart. I'm not sure. I don't know if you just have peanut butter sandwiches. Perhaps you do. But peanut butter and jelly, they're just better together than they are apart. That's my family. It's hard to see them, but that's my wife. She is awesome. She's like a stick of dynamite, small but powerful. And those are our two sons, as uh, Peter mentioned. Love, love my sons. Both of them, thankfully, are disciples of Christ. And uh, there's, there's nothing more as a dad to have a family unified under the authority of God. There's nothing more fulfilling. Honestly, my wife and I could die and go to heaven now uh, because we are just grateful for all the help that we've received uh, as disciples in our marriage, in our parenting, and uh, just very, very proud on how they're growing up. Amen. We're going to talk about together we stand because none of us are meant to fly solo. We are better together than apart. God never intended us to live our Christian walk alone. He wants us to be with other strong brothers and sisters so that we can all help each other get to heaven. You look at our first passage in Romans chapter 12 and we see As the Bible talks about the church, we are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete, for we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. I hope you see those phrases there. Every one of us makes it complete. Each have a different work. God has made each of us uniquely with different gifts and different talents, and we all need each other in the body of Christ. I want you to turn to the person that's next to you here. I want you to do something, a little bit of exercise. I want you to turn to the person and just say to that person, you need me. <clears throat> you need me. Just put aside your own personal pride and just say, you need me. Because you do. All right. Now, now turn to the, 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 the people aside you again and say, I need you. Maybe we should have just asked that question first. We feel much better because we do. We need each other to help one another. I want to spend the rest of our time just talking about two different reasons why we need each other. Number one, I need people to walk with me. 
I need people to walk with me. Our scripture that we have here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, in the English Standard Version says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. The Bible describes our relationship with God as a walk. It continually describes it that way. It's because... Living a Christian life, our life is not a sit-down experiment or experience. Walking with Jesus requires we walk. There is growth. There is activity. We are basically saying, I need other people to help me spiritually grow. I need others to help me. I cannot do this by myself. I'm not meant to live my life all by myself alone. Whether we are married or single, we need other people In our lives, the Bible talks about how we're meant to walk in many ways. We're meant to walk in the light. That means to not walk in sin, not walk in secret, not walk in the darkness. But God calls us to walk in the light. He's calling us to repent, to to never give up in fighting to do what's right. Do not let sin defeat you here in this time on earth. It's not worth it. Don't let sin master you. God calls us to walk in the light. God calls us to walk in love. He wants us to love one another and to spur each other on. God calls us to walk in obedience. He wants us to be obedient men and women to Him. God calls us to walk in the Holy Spirit. God calls us to walk. And why does He call us to walk? Because He never intended us to be alone I really believe God calls us to walk with each other is because we are all going to face different levels of crisis in our lives. All of us. We are all going to face crisis in our lives. And and many of you already have gone through uh, different challenges in your life. Life is a challenge. While we here on earth, it's going to be a challenge. Without God, it's more challenging. With God, we have solutions and we have hope. Uh, even recently, just in uh, my local ministry back in the west side, it's amazing just the challenges that uh, some of our brothers and sisters have gone through. Uh, just recently, one sister lost her husband who passed away. There is a, a time of mourning that's going on in this sister's and family's life. Another sister just lost her dad last week, heart attack in the office. There's a sense of grieving going on. Another sister has been battling with breast cancer, uh, illness that's going on. Uh, One couple, the husband is contemplating uh, leaving his wife. Both of them are Christians. Something is not right. Uh, There's a family whose son has been diagnosed with leukemia. And the son has just spent the last uh, month in the hospital getting treatment. We have a brother who is uh, going to jail soon because of past mistakes that he's made. And the list goes on and on and on. These are levels of crisis that uh, brothers and sisters in our church are going through. And I guarantee if we were to just share the wealth here, I know there's different levels of challenges that are going on in our lives. Why do we need each other? We need each other to support one another. We need each other to lift each other's arms up and be there for one another. And to glorify the Lord in all he does. Do you have close friends? Because what we need in our lives, we need 
like like a crowd like this, it's hard to be intimate. It's hard. What we need in our lives, we need three, four, five, maybe six closer friends that we're strengthening and building with each other. It could start with a family group, with a small group that you might be in, uh, in or outside your family group. But we just need a support group. All of us need support in our lives to help us get through the challenges in our lives. Do you have three, four, five, six different close friends that are going to be there for you when crisis hits? Who are they? Can you think of them? Do you have this quality of friendship in your life where you've got people that you're going to lock arms with and you're going to fight the good fight together and spur each other on? Let me ask you this. Are you that type of friend to other people in the church and even outside the church? Are you this type of person where, where people can depend on you for strength, for comfort, for fellowship when challenges occur? This is what God calls us to. To walk with each other. To not just uh, be a person who tries to walk with them and, and, and doesn't care about other people around them. But we've got to be people who care about other people. And want to walk and strengthen other people in the Lord. I want to do a little bit of a exercise right here. A scripture that we uh, have is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 in the Living Bible. And now... This word to all of you, you should be one big happy family, full of sympathy toward each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble hearts. This is what our church is called to be filled with. One big happy family, we need to be a church that is sympathetic, a church that has humble hearts, tender hearts, loving hearts. Spurring each other on. This is what God wants us to be in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, the Bible simply says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And I know we feel this at times. When, when someone in the church goes through hardships, there is a, a wave of emotion that gets Weave through our fellowship because we feel for each other. We should feel for each other. When someone is honored, we should rejoice. Amen, brothers and sisters. We should rejoice. Okay, I want to do something here. Um, a little bit of exercise. I, I need your help. I need your participation. And um, I, I want I want to do is to illustrate the diversity and uh, the amount of talent and gifts that we have in this fellowship. Uh, and I, I want us to be aware of just how incredible God's church really is. Okay, So I want you to think of this, this question here. And, and, and keep your answer to about 15, 20 seconds. And I'll pick a few people here in a moment. But who are you thankful for in this church? Who are you thankful for in this church? And how do you see them using their gifts or talents for God? You got that? Who'd like to start? And I'm just going to point to you. I'll just number you and we'll go from there. One, two, three. You're going to have to, if you could just stand up and, and speak out. 
And why are you thankful for them? And how do you see them using their gift and talent? Amen. Okay. Back there. Amen. She is very thankful. Sometimes we need other people to lift our faith up. There was one more back there. Amen. How about any... Are you guys grateful up in this section? I don't know. I'm not really sure. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. I was at their house last week and he shared some rice with me as well. Amen. Let's just do a few more on this side. Anyone grateful on this side? One and two. Amen. Fantastic. Last one. Amen. Fantastic. And I, I bet I bet everyone in here could could stand up and, and thank someone uh, for what they've done and encouraged your life and, and how they built you up. I want to do another brief exercise here. This is I want you to stand if this fits you. I'd like you to stand if you believe in some form or fashion. You fit this category and some of you may stand up multiple times. That's OK. But again, I want us to. I want to show just the kind of church that God is assembling. I want you to stand up if you believe God has equipped you to help others who are sick. Stand up. If you believe you're equipped to help others who are sick. Just look around. It's awesome. Okay, you can sit down. May God be with you and also with you. Okay. Here's another question. Stand up if you believe God has equipped you to help others deal with an addiction. Look at this. We got a lot of people who can relate. A lot of people can relate to people in the world that are going through challenges. Awesome. Go ahead and sit down, please. Stand up if you believe that God has equipped you to help others with physical fitness. Maybe with exercise or diet or... Okay, these are the most fit people in the church. Yes. They've gone green. Okay. Stand up if you believe that God has equipped you to help to help others professionally. I'm talking about job searches, resume writing, perhaps interview skills. Nice. Wow, look at this. Got people who are equipped. Go ahead and sit down. Stand up if you believe that God has equipped you to help others academically, maybe with math or biology or discipline or study habits or tutor. Okay, college students, you better take note of who these brothers and sisters are. They're going to help you graduate. Stand up if you believe that God has equipped you to help other married couples or families or even engaged couples. Stand up if you believe that God has equipped you. We've got a lot of experts in this, this church. Stand up. If you believe God has equipped you to help other people through crisis, whether it be a death in the family or divorce or homelessness or financial hardship or debt, stand up if you believe that God has equipped you. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Josh Stevenson is uh, Josh. Josh uh, Peterson has stood up everyone. He's Jesus. Stand up. If you believe God has equipped you to help others become a Christian. Look at this. Wow. 
Fantastic. Go ahead and sit down. Just a few more. Stand up. I'm just getting your blood flowing and everything like this. You, you thought you thought you were just going to sit at church today. This is family fitness right here, guys. Stand up if you believe that God has equipped you to comfort others with friendship. We got it in us. We got it in us. Okay, last one. Stand up if you believe that God has equipped you to encourage, to encourage others not to give up. Okay, fantastic. Give God a hand for equipping us, okay? Here, here's my point. We are all capable by the grace of God to walk with each other, to spur each other on, to help each other be faithful, stay faithful, and get to heaven. God has equipped us. God has given us gifts and talents to be able to accomplish this. And how far do you have to look? You just have to look to yourself in using your abilities. Using what God has equipped you to accomplish. And we need each other to walk with each other and to walk with God. Amen, brothers and sisters? We need to walk with each other. The last reason I want to talk about today why we need each other is I need people to witness with me. God wants our world evangelized, but he doesn't want us to do it alone. He wants us to witness as teams spurring each other on to help other people become Christians. And how do we do that? Well, Jesus tells us how we should do it. In John chapter 13, verse 35 in the Living Bible, it says, Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. This is how God wants us to evangelize the world is through our love for one another. It's not our buildings. It's not our singing. It's not our sermons. It's our love for one another that's going to help win this world for Jesus Christ. When people come around you and they see the relationships and the friendships that God has placed in your life and they see the support that you have in your life and the way that you support other people and the way that you love other people... Non-Christians are going to be attracted to the God that we worship. They're going to say, whoa, there's something different about this person. And the reason why is because God has taught all of us how to love one another, how to spur each other on, how to be there for each other. And when non-Christians see that, they should be amazed at the sacrificial love that we have for one another. And that's how God wants us to win this world. And so this year, as you evangelize, add love to your evangelization. When you share the faith that God has given you, make sure you add love to your sharing of faith. Make sure you show your relationships off to your friends that you're reaching out to and helping them become disciples of Christ. People will be drawn by the Christ-like love that you share with other people. Amen, brothers and sisters. I want to share of a couple families here. Linda on the far right is an educator. And about two years ago, she started a prayer group at her school. And the woman next to her, her name is Lorena. She's also an educator. She works with Linda. But Linda and Lorena started to get to know each other. And soon after, 
Linda found out that Lorena's marriage with her husband, that's Mike, the one next to her, uh, their marriage was in shambles. Uh, they, they were absolutely um, on the path of getting a divorce. They were already seeing lawyers. Mike was, uh, Mike and Lorena were already living apart. And uh, there was very little hope uh, for their marriage. But last year, Lorena, she's into cycling. She biked from L.A. to San Diego with a girlfriend for the purpose of deciding whether she was going to give her marriage another chance. That's a long bike ride. She got down to San Diego and she decided, yes, I want to give my marriage another chance. And both of them decided they were going to work on their marriage, but they had to do it the right way. They knew that Linda went to church. And so they joined Linda and her husband, Eleazar, to our marriage retreat last November, only about six months ago. It opened their eyes to how they need to really rebuild their marriage. They studied the Bible with several of the brothers and sisters in this family group. And just a a handful of weeks ago, uh, Mike and Lorena were baptized and they're now your brother and sister in the Lord. But here's the thing. It took years of building a relationship with them. It took Eleazar and Linda and brothers and sisters in that family group to love them, whether they were open immediately or not to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had to build a two-year relationship with them. And finally, they were open to God's word. It takes love in our evangelism. The last uh, person I want to share about His name is Simon Abu Fadel, and he is there, the the bald gentleman there. But David Bruce on the left and Alan Pellerin to his right uh, were having a conversation uh, a couple years ago. Everything comes in two years. But they were having a conversation in a, a cafe. They were talking about God. And actually, David was having a very challenging talk with Alan. At the next table, Simon was sitting there in the cafe, and he was eavesdropping on their conversation. Because the day earlier, Simon had just prayed to God that he wanted to find a men's group to help him spiritually. And so he overheard the conversation. As Simon got up, he initiated, introduced himself, and the three of them really started building a friendship. As it turns out, Simon wasn't initially open as as open as I think the disciples wanted him to be. But over the next two years, Alan really built a great relationship. He and his wife built a great relationship with Simon and his wife, constantly having each other over for meals, uh, each other to uh, uh, their homes. And it wasn't until several months ago, later last year, that Simon started coming out to a Bible study hosted at David's house. And he realized that he needed to start making changes in his life. He he studied the Bible, and uh, just a couple weeks ago, Simon became a disciple. This took years to plant and develop and fertilize. It took the love of these brothers, their wives, and other couples in that family group to persevere, to hang in there with Simon and his wife. And now he's your brother in Christ. Now, what's, what's cool is he's also an actor. He actually played one of the terrorists on the, the famous show 24. So I don't know if you recognize him without... Uh, machine gun in his hand. (laughs) 
Do you think you could love someone into the kingdom this year? Do you think you could love someone into God's family this year? We got several more months still left in this this year. But do you think you could, with all the talents and gifts that we have in this church, do you think you could actually love someone to pay attention to God and love them and help them become disciples? Can you imagine if all of us helped each other, help other people and witness together to help other people become disciples of Jesus Christ? It is vital. It is vital. We work together as a church to see this dream come to reality. I want us to imagine for a minute here. We have about 500 disciples in the East. Whoa, Lighthouse Group. Sorry, Pedro. But let's say let's say every one of us helps another person become a Christian every year for the next 10 years. Do you think you could love someone into the kingdom once a year for the next 10 years? Just imagine how many souls could be influenced in our communities. Let's start. Uh, that's 500 to start with. Let's start with uh, 2011. That would be a thousand people by the end of the year. Just let's just dream. Let's just imagine by the end of 2012, 2000, by the end of 2013, 4000, you'd have to go to multiple services if you're going to stay in this facility or God will move you to a bigger one. 2014, 8000 disciples in the lighthouse area, 2015, 16000, 2016, 32, 64000. 128,000, 256,000, and by the year 2020, we've got five over half a million disciples. If we simply take up the challenge of loving someone, just one person a year, loving a soul into the kingdom with the amount of talent and gifts and, 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 and expertise that we have in this fellowship to much given, much is expected God wants us to do and see great things happen. I want us to dream. I want to close with a story that has always touched my heart. But several years ago, at the Seattle Special Olympics, nine contestants, all physically or mentally disabled, assembled at the starting line for the 100-yard dash. And at the gun, they all started out, not exactly in a dash, but with a relish to run the race, to finish the race and win. All that is except one boy who stumbled on the asphalt, tumbled over a couple times, and began to cry. The other eight heard the boy cry. They slowed down and looked back. They all turned around and went back, every one of them. One girl with Down syndrome bent down and kissed him and said, this will make it better. All nine linked arms walked across the finish line together. Everyone in the stadium stood and cheering went on for several minutes. People who were there are still telling the story. Why? Because deep down we know this one thing. What matters in this life is more than winning for ourselves. What truly matters in this life is helping others win. Even if it means slowing down and changing our course. We are better together than we are apart. If we're going to do what God wants us to be and be the lighthouse church for Southern California, we need others to walk with us. 
We need others to witness with us. And if we do these things, God will be glorified. Great being with you this morning. Thank you very much.